This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Obviously, as I mentioned at the press conference, I know how much he meant to the locker room, and, and I knew that it would you know, be a little bit of a hit to them, which you hate seeing, but there's a business side of this where I have to make sure we're doing the best for the team moving forward as well. But I thought the guys responded well. We had a good couple days of practice, high energy. As I mentioned, Gibson, Muhammad, Robinson, Jonathan, like those guys are ready to go and and take on that role. It's the pregame show on the score. It's presented by Bat Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. And that, of course, is the voice of Ryan Poles. And he was on our sister station, WBBM, this morning talking about the trade. And and I think as we evaluate it, you had the feeling that he maintained his discipline despite whatever happened uh, in the game. And he moved forward in the way that he had planned, which was trading Robert Quinn to the Eagles. They ate that contract. It ended up being a fourth-round pick. They got in return. It's it's going to be a late fourth-round pick because the Eagles look like an awful good team, and and uh, and who knows? Maybe Robert Quinn gets himself a ring. We'll uh, we'll find out. But um, but I think what's uh, interesting is the the trade deadline is Tuesday, 3 p.m. Um, you look at the Bears and you look at their roster, and they've got a couple players whose contracts are expiring. And they've got decisions to make on Roquan Smith and, of course, David Montgomery. I think both of those players have been a big part of what they're doing. But, guys, do you anticipate uh, Ryan Poles making another move here? There are other guys available on the market, too. There are some receivers being shopped. There are some defensive ends being shopped. I, I know the Bears aren't looking for veteran guys, but if you get a younger guy, would you make a move? Would you use what you have to try to make a move? What What do you think happens here in the next week? I, I think it's tough to give up draft picks, but I do understand that if there is a player that you could get for like the value of a Robert Quinn, a fourth-round pick, maybe you could flip that for somebody you feel that is young that could come help your team. I don't know if that's something you do now, but um, I don't know. And, I, and I'm okay with the Robert Quinn trade. I think it. I'm kind of shocked it took this long to happen. I know deadlines always make push it to uh, – to get people to make decisions, but um, I, I don't know what I would do right now. Is there a player out there you guys think that could help the Bears that would be on the market that you would do something different while you are a rebuilding team to go out and grab? It just feels to me like the the moves the Bears are prepared to make at the moment 
are are moves that they would view as additional developmental moves towards yeah. the future. You know, if you're going to add anything like a the Nikhil Harry example, where we finally seen him in a Bears uniform in game action last week, but you give up a seventh round pick for a guy who was a former first round pick and just see, you know, at a, at a second stop and perhaps within the framework of your offense, maybe there's something that suits him where he can be utilized for you and your system as the Bears uh, that, that New England wasn't able to take advantage of. So that to me feels like more of the move right now, more of the type of move that the Bears are, are looking to make as opposed to something that would necessarily immediately or definitively affect the success or going out to get some veteran guy. You, you've got right. guys on prove-it deals right now. You've got guys who you've drafted who are in-house, who you're hoping to develop and giving them, the, giving them those opportunities to do so. And what I find intriguing because the it's kind of a sliding scale in how those things end up getting evaluated. You know, like Valus Jones last week not only was removed from the return game, but I kind of assumed that because he's been really effective with the football in his hands when he actually possesses it, that all right, if you're going to take him off punt returns, here we go. Valus Jones now going to become a bigger part of the Bears' offense. The Bears' offense was fine, and they didn't even have to utilize Valus Jones last week. So does that mean that he was ineffective in practice moving into that Monday night game? You know, I, I think there's a sliding scale with that where they're – they're not just consistently force-feeding youth if they're not actually showing some tangible results there. And I think, you know, not every situation will end up being gauged or judged exactly the same. And I feel like that same mentality will relate to what the Bears may acquire or what else they may be willing to cut loose. Because even having Robert Quinn in here for, for nearly half the season – there's some benefit to that. That was one concern I had, not only the offensive playmakers, but you don't want to get rid of every quality defender because then what happens, now you're putting your offense back onto the field. They're in disadvantageous circumstances. If you just don't have enough quality defenders to get stops or to adjust field position and play complementary football for your young quarterback, all those things factor in together. But now Robert Quinn has had – you know, he's made some plays for the Bears this season, and he has had that positive developmental influence on Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson. And now maybe you just feel, and this is actually what, what Ryan Poles even addressed with the media just in talking about getting to a point where he feels more comfortable with the development arc that they're seeing from, from Gibson and from Robinson and some of the performances from Muhammad. And so they're willing to move on from Robert Quinn in that vein. And so I think it, it's all just kind of this sliding scale of judging each position group and what that case within that positional room really needs. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine like Jerry Judy, somebody like that being traded. I wouldn't imagine the Bears would want to pay a lot, right? I mean, I, I have yeah. to look at the price. There are teams that need help immediately. Um, I would think that um, when you, you know, like J.J. Watt supposedly on the board, who, what, how would that influence this? T- how, what would the value of that be other than mm. letting him get close to home? <laughs> I, it doesn't do anything for the Bears. So I don't think they make any kind of move like that. But, you know, who knows? I, I you know, there was a, a national podcast, a bunch of NFL writers. They claim that the Bears would want two first-round picks for Roquan. Who would give you two first-round picks <laughs> for a guy who's out of contract? Right? I mean, right. that, that mm-hmm. the, the you know. So you think about Roquan and what he wants for his contract. You still have the franchise tag. You control that a little bit. Um, I I don't understand how you why you would give away a guy. If, why anyone would give up two first-round picks for a player they then have to pay. So I think that that the value 
that they would put on the player would prevent them from being able to trade him. And I, I think the same thing with David Montgomery, uh, you know, running backs, they're moving a little bit, but it's the running backs you can find on the street. And that's not a shot. Mm-hmm. The value of the position has changed. So I, I think they should honestly go to him and try to cut a deal with him at the end of the year, give it a little more time. But that's a guy that could help you moving forward. He's a pretty good player, and he's a pretty big part of what they're doing. And you got to like the way he's he um, operates. I, I don't know that they'll come to a conclusion with Roquan in the same fashion, I, it, just because his contract demand seems pretty extreme. So I, I just don't know what they have to trade. You know, Riley Reef, he was mentioned in a couple places. Well, I mean, maybe if he plays well, then you can move him. But what would the point – be like, who's coming in looking for a guy that was on the street when the season began? Yeah, I think the Bears are done. I don't. I, to yeah. me, I can't get yeah. rid of Roquan Smith, especially if you're trying to build right. this defense where he fits this defense perfectly, fits the philosophy perfectly. He's playing a lot better now. I think he had a little rust coming from the the sit in or whatever you want, or the hold in mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, he's playing ball. He had a great game last week as well. And I, I you know, you, you, if you threw it out there and said, "Hey, two first round picks for him." Hmm. You might have to think about it a little bit. I would sure. definitely think about it. That's that's a that's a big price tag to get for him. But uh, if you're not going to get that, I, I I'm a big believer in keeping a guy like that, especially a guy that's been team captain. Seems like everybody in the locker room looks up to him, and he just fits the philosophy of what Matt Eberflus wants to do with that defense. And those guys are hard to find. And you drafted him. He's a guy that's you know a Chicago Bear, and hopefully he's a Chicago Bear for life. You're going to have money available to spend. If you feel like there's still a chance you can reach a deal with Roquan Smith over the offseason, then there, there's every motivation to go ahead and do that. And frankly, this you know we're talking about opportunities for young players, opportunities for you know some of these guys who are going to get even more reps without Robert Quinn being in here. So it's an opportunity for Travis Gibson to prove he can be you know a, a starting, a quality starter caliber edge defender, not just a replacement level you know defensive lineman. Same thing for Dominique Robinson to show what kind of draft capital should the Bears be looking to spend going into next year, or free agent capital should they be going out looking to acquire. But this season is obviously an opportunity for Roquan Smith to show if he is deserving of being the, the highest paid inside linebacker in NFL history. If that's what he's looking for, then go out there and show it. And this is an opportunity for him to do that. And frankly, if he earns that on the field, the Bears are going to have the money to pay it to him. So then I wouldn't see why they wouldn't be willing to go out there and pay it to him. So he's getting that opportunity. He bet on himself, and the Bears are going to watch that part play out. So I don't see why they should be in any hurry to unload Roquan Smith and, you know, even the running back room, you mentioned David Montgomery. If there's, if there's a reasonable, you know, market value deal to reach for a guy like David Montgomery, where to me, I think David Montgomery's performance probably holds even more value in Chicago than it would on the open market. So if, if there is a deal that both sides end up feeling is fair there, I wouldn't have any issue at all with the Bears, you know, signing, striking some kind of deal with David Montgomery before they have to feel like maybe they would float him around or he would hit the open market or anything along those lines. You got two quality running backs. You got an opportunity to continue to grow with that position. You know, could you could you get something more electrifying in the backfield there? Guys who can, you know, score a touchdown in a moment's notice, that could potentially upgrade that spot if if you had that available. But I don't think David Montgomery would, you know, would certainly he he wouldn't 
he wouldn't be looking for it, certainly wouldn't deserve, wouldn't have earned up to this point some sort of a market-setting deal as a running back from the Bears. I, I could certainly see a deal like that being reached before you would look to to trade or move on from a David Montgomery because in the end, that, that, that balance, that sliding scale I referenced, the Bears don't want to be awful. They want to see. They're, they're putting some flyers out there and seeing how many of these young pieces are developing. I talked to you guys going into last week's game about coming off that mini-buy, the development not only – of the young QB matters, but how much had the rest of the roster continued to develop? Who else is going to show growth? We saw growth in that young secondary. That matters that Jaquan Brisker is out there making plays on the ball, that Kyler Gordon is out there making plays on the football. And then you take this flyer on Nikhil Harry, and now he's active and in the offense, and he makes a grab and was open on a couple of other routes. Those things end up mattering with the competitive depth that you're trying to grow with this Bears roster. So I you know, my guess would be the Bears are probably done, you know, as far as transactions because, you know, most people didn't anticipate they'd be able to get a fourth rounder for Robert Quinn. So how much can you get from some of the other pieces on this roster? It's not likely something that's really going to earn the type of return on a young, emerging player like you would hope for. It, it occurred to me when Mark was telling us that Ryan Poles was reluctant to use the word rebuild, I, it occurred to me that maybe that's because he's still in the teardown stage. I'm not sure – that the rebuild has begun, and I'm not being mean about that, but he obviously values his own draft picks, and we're seeing a lot of them play. And I I look at this team, and I wonder what it will look like by the time the season starts next year. You know, a lot of the guys that have been here under the previous administration are no longer here, and they are kind of moving forward. And you mention all the money they have. Do they want to spend all that money? Do they want to spend that money wisely? Are they looking for a big improvement in terms of multiple players? They, they, they have something like $134 million available in salary cap next year. Now, that's very misleading because I think that's counting only like 33 players. But they'll have a good $190 million to go into the open market if they are so inclined and that, to me, is the question mark. Are they so inclined? And, you know, you got to be careful what you're doing when you get to the open market. There are teams out there, um, you know, thinking about Denver, that uh, that made a big move and probably regret making that big move at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that you've got to – You've got to take into account what you can get in the draft, how you believe you are drafting. They seemed like they drafted okay. Um, We'll find out moving forward. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this guy's plan is to get a first-round pick and trade that. (laughs) Maybe he's going to try to assemble more draft picks like he did with the bottom 100 of the draft on draft day. I'm I'm going to be very curious how he handles – the next draft because he'll have a first round pick for the first time yeah and i agree with that and i think if you look at this roster you say okay you're talking about draft already what are their biggest needs one of the biggest things they need and i'm going to go away from the offense is a three technique and that was one of the first guys he tried to sign last year and larry Joby. how does he do that does he want to draft that guy or is he going to go out and you know break the bank for a, a stud three technique for this defense i still want to see some help on this offense first but that was one of his first moves he wanted to do was to solidify that three Correct. technique, and it's very important in this defense. So this draft will be very interesting to see what he does uh, positionally, who he drafts, and what he, what he feels is the most important thing for the development of this team. And when I asked Groats about the, the message from Ryan Poles, and he kind of took the question you know, towards how, how much of that is being communicated to the roster about patience and development. Yeah. And I, 
you know, I I agree with Grody that it's not necessarily something Ryan Poles would be talking to a bunch of players about. You know, I'm curious if he's referenced to Justin Fields privately, perhaps, who knows. But but specifically, I'm I'm even more so wondering to Matt Eberflus, to the coordinators, Alan Williams, Luke Getze, to the assistant coaches. I wonder how much of that from Ryan Poles directly to the Bears coaching staff has been communicated and then how that factors in to playing time, how that factors into whatever level of comfort or lack yep. thereof they may have with the, where the roster sits from an ability standpoint. And frankly, just whatever level of pressure that that may rightfully put on them to say, guys, so you got to have a plan each week for how you're utilizing the young players, a plan each week for how you're attacking the opponent. We have to see that because when you're not necessarily taking the field with some big talent disparity, a talent advantage on the opponent, then it can highlight the coaching. It can highlight the game planning. It can, it can highlight how well you're getting to know your roster. And if you're putting players like Justin Fields with some QB runs, like Nikhil Harry with a few you know seam routes to utilize that big body in some tight spaces, defensively, are you being able to specialize Kyler Gordon? Maybe you're not moving him around as much now that your secondary is more healthy. Are you putting players in positions to succeed and making sure that you're now building this roster and allowing them the best opportunity for that development that the word that, that Poles and Eberflus have continued to use. So I wonder how much of that is communicated from the top and, and saying, yeah, guys, it, I understand I haven't showered you with talent, with pro bowlers right. here, but there is an opportunity for this roster to build with the way the, you can guide it. The old adage is that it's the job of the head coach to win in the right now. you got to win – Every game, you got to figure out how to win in the right now. And it is the job of the general manager to protect the team from that coaching philosophy. Because the coach has to pull out all this time. I need this. I need it. We got to do this. We gotta. And the general manager has to say, you know what? I know this guy. You like him, but I'm trading him because he's 32 and we're in a rebuild. <laughs> and and that's the, that is just – I think he showed discipline by trading him. I think he stayed with his plan by trading him, and I think that that it probably was more of a disruption than we acknowledge because Ellen Williams was out there kind of, you know, throwing bouquets at the player about how great he had been about everything they were yeah. asking him to do. So it's just And now who rushes the quarterback? You know, it's well, not like Robert Quinn was on this Ro- sack Roquan pace. Smith. Roquan Smith. Blitz. <laughs> 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 he, he is Ray, now our Micah Parsons. Yes. Yeah. They have been dialing up more blitzes. Yes, they they, you know, they, the, the philosophy is that you create all the pressure with the front four, and we've seen that – Hey, they can't get there with the front four. We got a blitz, and they've been blitzing more. So it's a great point, Pat. And and one thing I want to go back to what you said, Anthony, about the communication between Poles and Eberflus. I think maybe an example is the tackle position. You brought in Riley Reef, and if he's healthy, and you thought he's the better of the tackles, you should be playing him. But if you also believe in the development of your team and the development of these young guys to find out what they have and maybe make them better for the future, then you play the young guys. So maybe we're seeing that in front of us. We'll find out today how healthy Riley Reef is or how good he is or how well he can play. But that maybe is an example of they are having an open line of communication about how to develop this team and where we stand and how we're going to work with these players. And watch Riley Reef not only in those one-on-one pass pro opportunities. Those will be the more obvious aspects. But to give our listeners something to look for on all these the, the relief passes, the now routes, the tunnel screen, some of these things where Justin Fields will get the ball. He won't even always get the laces in the shotgun, and he immediately throws it outside to Darnell Mooney or to Valus Jones or whomever 
The offensive line is a part of that blocking circuit where the stalk blocking of the receivers right there at the point of attack, that matters. Or sometimes Cole Komet is split out there outside the numbers and he becomes an immediate blocker. But usually that play side offensive tackle is one thing. Braxton Jones is very effective at. He's a very athletic lineman who gets out of his stance. He lets that edge, edge defender get up the field and he sprints towards the side and he can become a part of the blocking that leads that receiver into some yards after catch or David Montgomery has been the guy split out there at times for yards after catch can Riley Reef get out there hmm. at this point in his career is he, is he yep. going to be a step or two behind in that regard that that can be where you see maybe where some of the separation might be or is he effectively able to do that so obviously one-on-one pass pro and blocking at the point of attack that'll matter but what's become a bigger and bigger part of where the Bears have gained easy yards for Justin Fields in this, in this passing attack has been some of those now routes just right outside on some of these quick screens and the offensive tackle play side today it'll be Riley Reef most likely that's doing some of that watch how he executes those all right, we're going to uh, we're going to get back to the quarterback. We're going to talk about the game plan for just this opponent. We'll do that next. We've got Dan Pompey is going to join us later. We're going to give our picks before we get out of here. There's a lot to get to here on the pregame show. It's six seventy. The score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I say this every week, right? But I, th- I truly think every week it just gets a little better. I know there was only seven points in Washington, but it was probably one of our best execution games until we got inside that five-yard line for some reason. And so I think it's just gotten better each week. It needs to continue to get better because, again, he's nowhere near where he wants to be or where we want him to be. But it gets better each week. He's getting more confident each week. I think not only in our relationship, our scheme, but, you know, being on the field and understanding what what it looks like, what it feels like, coverages, fronts, and all that stuff. I think just as he continues to get that experience, it'll feel better. It'll keep feeling better. That's Luke Getze. You're listening to the pregame show here on The Score. And the fact of the matter is that – Luke Getzey began his career. Mike McCarthy gave him a job. McCarthy talked about he used to see him. He'd look out the window and see him cut through his yard on his way somewhere when he was a little kid. I'm sure he didn't know who he was at that point other than some guy on his yard. You know, get the hell out of my backyard, kid. But uh, but that's where his career began. It was fun for him this week to talk about McCarthy and have McCarthy talk of him. And um, and that's all great. And God bless him. Um 
But now it's trying to figure out a way to deal with that defense, with Dan Quinn putting that defense together. And and the thing is, Dallas does sack the quarterback. 29 sacks leads the NFL. They come at you. Obviously, we've talked about Micah Parsons. They've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of damage. And it's going to be hard to protect anyone. And, you know, Braxton Jones, that was great to see him run over a safety uh, on that touchdown play. But um, but he's got his hands full, as does Riley Reef or whomever. Is there a possibility that Alex Leatherwood, that they try to do some weird, you know, rotation like they did <laughs> with Lucas Patrick and, uh, and, and Tevin Jenkins to begin the season? Is that idea scuttled? Do we know that, uh, that they're not going to try something like that? I, I just – I think you've got to run the ball. That should be your game plan just to keep these guys from coming at the quarterback. I, I think you have to. I mean, that's the number one thing. And I hope you don't see the rolling in of Alex Leatherwood. And the other thing that makes me nervous about that is he didn't get rave reviews from the coaches this week when they asked about him. You know, they still yeah. talked yeah. about he's coming back a little bit. He's been in the building for a couple of weeks. Normally when a guy's ready, the coach will just start, you know, throwing bouquets at him and talk about how great he's been and how ready he's, he's ready to go. So, yeah, we just we have some tr- struggles on this O-line against this this tough D-line. They also have um, Dante Fowler. They have Dorrance Armstrong as another yep. DN that has, what, five or yep. six sacks. And obviously you're giving yep. a lot of your, – your, <clears throat> it's kind of like having Khalil Mack on one side with Micah Parsons where you're turning your protection and putting all that stuff over there so guys have opportunities. But they've got a huge – it's going to be really tough. And, and if they get into the third and longs, I think the Bears are really going to struggle. And like we said at the beginning of the show, I want to continue to see 10-plus quarterback runs right around that number – just to kind of keep them off balance a little bit, throw with some new wrinkles in there, throw some of the old quarterback runs in there. But you're going to have to run this ball, run the ball. No negative plays, no penalty, pre-snap penalties. That's the only way I can see this game going um, going well for this for this Bears team because this this Dallas defense, man, they're fun to watch. They fly around. We talked about that as well. They're excellent against the pass. They're not great against the run. I think they're 20th against the run, but yep. they've upgraded their defense with. Uh, with Jonathan Hankins out of uh, Las Vegas, so he's a big run stuffer in there. It's going to hurt Sam Musfer and those guys inside as well. It's a valid question, Mully, about the rotation up front. I'll, I'll be surprised if we see it. I agree with Patrick because, you know, it was one thing in, in doing it with Tevin Jenkins where you have a veteran in Lucas Patrick who you'd acquired, but you weren't in a position to put him at the position that you signed him for because of the hand injury. So that, that was as much about Lucas Patrick as it was about Tevin Jenkins. And it, I think as much as you know, the Bears would have preferred to just be able to immediately plug in Lucas Patrick at center, that showed some flexibility in their regard and gave them the opportunity to continue to push Tevin Jenkins. You, know, you, you weren't going to put Lucas Patrick over there instead of Cody Whitehair because Cody Whitehair was probably your, your most effective offensive lineman. But it gave you the opportunity to get Lucas Patrick game reps, to get him ready, to eventually take over center when his hand was capable of it. But then also, it gave you the opportunity to push Tevin Jenkins. And if anything, you know, throughout the collegiate career at Oklahoma State, Tevin Jenkins' last year at Oklahoma State was when he had fully reportedly, like, invested himself into becoming a great football player. And just all those raw physical traits that were available to him, he played with the temperament that allowed him to be a dominant force on the field. And then here, maybe there's been some fits and starts in that. Obviously, some of that just via injury where he just hasn't been on the practice field that much or on the game field that much before now this stretch of football. And we even saw Lucas Patrick became the starter at a certain point because, according to the Bears, Tevin Jenkins wasn't necessarily putting it out there in practice consistently 
like they wanted him to. So this Bears brass wants you to show up day in, day out. They want you to develop not only what you're doing on game day, but to develop the consistency of your preparation habits that end up making you really effective when the Sundays and the Monday nights and the Thursday nights come around. That's not necessarily what the situation Alex Leatherwood is in right now. And I think comparably, a guy with his raw physical traits, there's a reason he was a first-round pick, but there's also a reason that, that the Raiders are willing to move on from him, why he is not somebody who's turning into a consistent force in the National Football League. And so I don't think they're going to be in a hurry to start to rotate him in and out of the game lineup either until he starts to show that he can earn that. So I wouldn't anticipate it yet, but perhaps it's something that he eventually earns in the meeting room, on the practice field, with a lot of those boring things and a lot of the lonely work that you have to put in to truly become a great football player. That's where Alex Leatherwood maybe earns that opportunity for the Bears to say, well, all right, Riley Reeve, he's a veteran guy. He's not going to be part of our long-term plans here. But Leatherwood can be a guy who earns some rotation, earns some playing time. I'd be surprised if he's gotten to that point yet, though. And then, frankly, to the continuity discussion we had earlier, you already got some pieces that are kind of being moved around in and out. I don't think you want to enhance that by a rotation in-game. I I just hope hope they they come to some realization that Tevin Jenkins is not only – their highest drafted guy, but he's probably their best offensive lineman, okay? Mm -hmm. Just raw, looking at the tape, watching this guy play. And I I heard Olin uh, talking about this and said that Sam Mustafer told him that they were were in the game and he was saying, hey, you know, I've got this guy. I can help you out a little bit with that nose tackle. I I mean, (laughs) I can hit him and get to him. Like, he's got the mentality, apparently, maybe not in practice, but – Develop that, work on it, because he looks like – I mean, they they stumbled upon. I don't think they even wanted him on the team, but they stumbled upon their best offensive lineman. Yeah, and if you- I, I think they wanted him on the team. I, I do. I don't think you look at those abilities in, in an offensive lineman and say, we don't want that around here anymore. True, true. Unless he just prepares like a turd on a daily basis, yeah, yeah. which maybe in the past, maybe he didn't have great preparation habits. And then there's a lot of guys who eat themselves – out yeah. of the league or because he's had back problems maybe he's you know got to get into the consistent habit of preparing himself with you know with you know trunk stabilization exercises all the rehab activities whatever it is that that wasn't showing up on game day perhaps now that's in his past but I, I don't think I'd be surprised if guys who value and played offensive line like Ryan Poles like Ian Cunningham if they were in a hurry to get rid of Tevin Jenkins, where some of those trade rumors were coming from and whatever else, you know, who knows? And maybe there was some truth to it, or maybe it was just a part of whatever master plan is in place to say, we got to do what we can to maximize this guy's day-to-day preparation for him to truly be the great player he can become because we've seen some flashes of that on the field. But, you know, Tevin Jenkins, even in the limited time he was on the field last year and after having the surgery and barely practicing, and then suddenly he was just the starting tackle for the Bears down the stretch of the season. And he wasn't great, but you saw the raw physical talent that was he, there. I don't think they would have been in a he, hurry just to move on He decorated the him. hell out of that Christmas tree last <laughs> That too. That as well, yes. Uh, that's just icing on the cake. But I love hearing that, what, you, what Olin said about him telling Sam, I've got my guy. If you can get linemen that can just say, I got my guy, then it's like yeah. having a stud left tackle where you don't have to slide to the left, right? You just take your left tackle, like Orlando Pace back in the day, not as a bear, but as a ram. <laughs> you just know he's got their best pa- uh, pass rusher, and then the other four guys can block everybody else and work 
with themselves. I remember when we had Ruben Brown back in his day when he was just oh. an absolute stud, he would yell at Olin. Olin would tell a story. He'd say, get away from me. Go help the other guard. I got him. <laughs> and that sounds like what, you know, I don't know if you brought that up. Maybe you heard it on the podcast, but that sounds like Tevin Jenkins. And you want a lineman like that saying, I've got my guy today. Go help the other guy. I don't need you over here. That's, that's great to hear. Yeah. But it's yeah, all part I, of a process, Mo. Yes. It, it really is. Like, I don't, right. it's, it, to me, it's never as simple as saying this young guy is talented or he flashed in a game, so we should just leave him alone. You know, all those other things need to be developed with it as well. And so if Tevin Jenkins is like, you know what, look at that great film I put out there against New York, so I don't have to practice hard this week. You cannot stand for that as a coach. That doesn't benefit his long-term development. It doesn't benefit your franchise. So if, if he shows up in the next meeting feeling himself too much, you got to put him in check. And if that means he's not getting as many reps in the next game, and so he's now going to have to display the consistency of those preparation habits that turn you know, bad players into okay players, okay players into great players, great players into all pros and Hall of Famers, you got to get him to that point. That's all a part of his development. So I don't, I don't necessarily put it you – know, I certainly don't put it completely on the Bears just in them – forcing Tevin Jenkins along more methodically and making sure he recognizes he's got to earn it day in and day out. He's got to earn the right to maybe get a vet day here and there. He's got to earn the right to consider himself a great football player beyond just what he's doing showing up in a drive here, drive there on Sunday. Because, yeah, I agree with you. He's probably on the whole, you know, as far as what's available to them on the field right now, probably playing like the Bears' best offensive lineman. He's still very inconsistent in his performance as well. He'll still, you know, get beaten some pass pro here and there like everyone does. But that development arc for everyone, it develops not only with what we see on Sundays. All that stuff, the other six days of the week, that matters immensely. And they got to draw that out of him. All right, we've got to get to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to bring in Dan Pompey. We're going to give you our picks for the game. And surely, surely someone believes in the Bears. I'm going <laughs> to probably – I don't want the points. I don't need the points. I would definitely take the points. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get our picks out, and we'll talk to Dan, and we'll do that next here on the pregame show. We should tell you the new Zing Zang Bloody Mary canned cocktail is something you want. Give it a shot. Premium vodka already in the can. They're always ready. They're perfect for game day tailgates. Please zing zing responsibly. Dan Pompey next. It's Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. We see the Bears all the time. We know their flaws. We know their weaknesses. And we know that they have more of them than maybe strengths. I'm curious, if you were attacking Dallas, if you were putting together a game plan, how would you go at them? Uh. Now you're asking me to help you beat my team. <laughs> Golly, oh, God. <laughs> what kind of noise is this? What's going on? <laughs> you know, you know it. The, you know it like the back of your head. <laughs> Tell us how to do it. I take the first quarter without an inkling of a pass and just see, are you ready to bleed today? Now I'm going to run that ball right down their throat. Oh, a lot of fun. That was Michael Irvin, the playmaker. He was on the Mully and Haw show earlier this week, and uh, I love that guy. He's so much fun to talk to, and boy, I like that game plan. I think it makes sense. Not an inkling of a pass, okay, and therefore there won't be an inkling of a pass rush, and uh, and you help the quarterback, hopefully. Um, 
I, I'm just curious, and, and this is the pregame show here on The Score, and we are, uh, of course, brought to you by Bet Rivers. The pregame is presented by Bet Rivers. That's the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. And when you do, you'll find that they're a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, it's a tough one, but uh, but no one knows tough like our guy Dan Pompey. And he joins us now on the the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hey, Dan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Are we feeling optimistic today? Uh, that's the answer right there. <laughs> Say no more. Three guys went. Yeah, yeah, hey, no I, I was after the Patriots game. I was after the Patriots game, <laughs> and then I started looking at film and looking at the roster of the Cowboys, and I got a little scared. Well, you know, I, I could tell you this. I, you know, I, I heard Mully say that they're nine and a half point dogs. I've seen them as 10 point dogs, too. Oh, and uh, I, I don't know if the line is moving uh, late or not, but um, they have not won back to back games as double digit underdogs in 29 years, I believe it's been. So if they if they can do what they did last week, it would really be an impressive accomplishment. And uh Maybe it would tell us that a lot of people have the Bears all wrong, including including these negative pessimists here on the show this morning. <laughs> well, Dan, we haven't talked to you in a while then. I mean, it's been, what, three weeks? We haven't talked to you. Give me your uh, breakdown of the Bears so far since the last time we've talked and where you see them going, and are you happy with what you've seen with Justin Fields and development of some of these young guys? Yeah, clearly, Patrick, you know, that last game uh, was – Kind of a revelation. We saw some, we saw him do things that we had not seen him do, right? And uh, I think the next step for him has to be to be able to do them consistently, game to game, down to down, and not have you know the wild swings where um, we we say you know where was that guy who we saw in the Patriots game? Um, so that's a, that's a big step. You know, it's 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 not that difficult to do it once or twice, but to do it on a consistent basis, game in, game out, that's a little bit different. So, um, but you know, that's progress for sure. I think some of the young players have been stepping up, you know, Brisker, Gordon, Jenkins. um, There there clearly is a uh, trend, I think, of player development happening, which which is a good indication that the Bears pick some good players. Also, a good indication that their coaches are doing a good job. Um, you know, and, and we'll see. I think you know the Robert Quinn trade was interesting. I think it's going to be um, interesting to watch how the team responds to that. Both from the standpoint of, okay, how does it change what you do to attack an opponent? How are you going to pass rush? You weren't getting pass rush with him. Now, right. what are you going to do without your best pass rusher? And then also from a psychological standpoint, you know, if you're a player on that team and, you know, Patrick, you've probably, you might have been in a situation like this. I, I'm not sure uh, where, you know, you trade one of your better players. Greg Olson. In, in was that, was that, in that was pre, uh, preseason, right? When that we trade up. Yes. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. a little different. But in season, you know, when you, when you lose a guy like that and, you know, your general manager is basically saying we care more about 2023 and 2024 than we do about 2022. And, you know, your head coach signed off on it. What does that do? You know, what, what do you think, Patrick? 
Um, I, I talked about this a little bit earlier that I think as an older player, you understand the game a lot more. You understand the upstairs. You understand what Ryan Poles is doing. You know the talent on this team. You know there's holes. You understand when you bring in one and two year guys, you're just trying to transition into uh, you know the future. I think the younger guys, it's a little more eye opening, and you learn from it. But it is tough when you lose a guy like that. I mean, it's you know if he's well regarded in the locker room. That's uh, tough when you lose that voice. You lose a captain, right? But I did love what Mark Grody said that Dominique Robinson said, listen, it's my time now. All right, he's gone. I, he, it's amazing to hear him talk that way. He sounds like a veteran. That it's my time now to step in, take these reps, and take over this, uh, take advantage of this opportunity. So it's tough, but uh, it is the business. That's the business of the game, right? So you've got to deal with it, and you understand that you've got to also worry about yourself. You've got to worry about your opponent next week or this week. Um, so it's difficult, especially when you lose a guy like Robert Quinn. It sounds like that, but you've got to move on. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see how Robinson plays. What he yes. says is one thing. What he does right. on the field is yeah, another. Right. right? Yeah. The way that the the front office has managed the roster, you know, and I've, the main thing that I've been really excited about has been how the the word development has been such a such an extensive part of their vocabulary between Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. And to your point, Dan, we are seeing some of that bear fruit, especially coming off of the, the mini buy going into the last game. And it, it seems to me that it's, it's not even as cut and dry as young players get to struggle and we don't worry about it because Valus Jones, I, I, was, I was myself surprised that we didn't see. It's one thing to take Valus Jones off returns. He was a decoy, an effective decoy, but basically a decoy on offense last week. How do you think the, the developmental end of, of some of these young players and who's getting tick, who maybe you know, has playing time being diminished, and how, how the Bears and the coaching staff are managing that? You know, I would think that uh, this staff is, is probably going to prioritize, as the season goes on, uh, player development even more and making sure that guys like Valus Jones get their opportunities um, you know, because uh, clearly that's what they keep telling us by their actions. That's what this season is about. So, um, but I, I think, you know, you also come to a point where uh, if the player's not earning the opportunity, you, you can't keep giving it to them. I think that was evident even early on uh, when Matt Eberflus was talking about not starting Tevin Jenkins because Jenkins wasn't practicing well. You know, you, uh, you have to keep in mind that any time you make a personnel decision, like playing a guy or giving a guy a starting job, you are sending a message to the other 52. And I think um, that's something that has to be, they, 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 Matt Eberflus has to be mindful of moving forward. All right, Dan, who are you taking in the game? And we should let you know that Riley Reef is lining up at right tackle and warm-ups. Ooh. So... Maybe an upgrade there. What? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. This was probably the worst offensive line of football with all hands on deck, and now they're without three guys who were supposed to be starters against, uh, you know, a team that's uh, number two in pressure percentage and sack percentage, and the Bears already ranked 32nd in both. Uh, you know, we could be watching the worst offense in the NFL against the best defense. Think about that for a second. Cowboys ranked second. In the, in the league in points per game allowed. So I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, but, you know, the Bears, if they run the ball, keep it conservative, keep it close, and then maybe try to make a couple of big dramatic plays at some point, um, they, can, they can at least stay within, I don't know, 
nine or ten or something. I, I've got uh, <laughs> Cowboys 28, Bears 23. Oh, wow. 23 points would be great. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks, Dan. And, uh, and let's go around the horn. Uh, it's time to make our selection before we get out of here. Anthony, who are you taking? I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to say it's going to be 26 to 20. Cairo Santos continues his streak, but uh, but I think Dallas is going to be a little, little bit too much for the guys. Yeah. I took 24-17, just so you know, Pat. Well, so that's exactly what I numbers. wrote down right here in my notes. 24-17. You, you can see you. my notes. That's what it is. <laughs> no, and I guys, I just this Dallas team is too good, and they actually upgraded their run, run defense, which they were 20th in the league with getting Jonathan Hankins in there. So that's going to be a tough task for the middle three going against them as well, obviously with Micah Parsons and this super talented defense. I just don't see them scoring a lot of points, but it is going to be 17 points at 24-17, Mully. It's Hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's not that. Hopefully flip that. The Bears get 24 and Dallas yeah. gets 17. Yeah, we'll be here for the post game, so stay tuned, and hopefully we get the same calls we got last week, Pat, about yep. the, the wonderful, glorious victory. Uh, Anthony, you will be here for the post-post, I believe, and, uh, right. and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear from you then. Can't wait. And looking forward to it. Thanks to Adam Staczynski. Thanks to, uh, to the fine folks at Bet Rivers, everybody at Zing Zang. Ton of fun. We'll be here right back after the game. You're listening to Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 